Okay, thank you very much for that. Okay, um, growing up, there were certain people that I said I would not marry. I said I will not marry a teacher. <laughs> teachers are wonderful. They, they are beautiful. Without teachers, we can't be who we are. But um, growing up, I saw some of my teachers. I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, I won't marry a teacher. And I said I will not marry a medical doctor. Because they are so in, they are training so intense, very intense and time-consuming that you can't be a medical doctor without being a brilliant person. So it's not about... Uh, but they're so absorbed. I said, ah, no. Coming, waking up on Sunday, I'm going to church, and my wife is going to work. I, I can't, can't function that way. And, um, and that colors perspectives, you know. I have a cousin who is a medical doctor. We're traveling from Ilorin to Lagos. We go to Oyo, and uh, we wanted to eat. As we opened the car, a butterfly came out of the car. Do you know what my cousin said? He said, mm, this is the way people transmit diseases, so we carry butterfly from a lorry into oil. So what he was thinking of was disease, whereas I was a photographer. So quickly, I wanted to capture the moment, but he was thinking of disease. So that's the way perspective colors, um, what we say. And I said, I will not marry a civil servant. Yeah, I have my own reason. You have your own perspectives, yeah. Um, I just think um, being a civil servant, uh, this is me. I'm not saying, and what is good for me may not be good for you. There's a purpose for you God has created you, and you may need a civil servant to fulfill that purpose, or a medical doctor to fulfill that purpose, or a teacher to fulfill that purpose. But I don't think that's my own calling. Oh, I don't think we will work together that way. Okay? Without civil servants, everything will break, will break down. But the function so that uh, our lives can be, can be good. But this has colored my own perspective about marriage or how I see marriage. I come from a polygamous home and I don't know how my father managed the children. We are together, but it is very difficult to bring women together. You are looking at me. Ask Anna and Pelina now. <laughs> Ask Mama Sarah, ask her, oh, no. Um, they say there are two elements that they cannot work together. Yeah. So you didn't get it right. So from beginning, I said, no, one is more than enough. One is more than enough. So let's, let's look at some perspectives, like we've agreed, then we'll move into the world, then I tell you a bit of my, our marriage, then we'll go. Over to you, sir. For Richard Okora. Thank you. Did you see that? She was taking her vows. What makes us married people is just that vow. Two people who were separate, if they did anything before they came to the altar, they were not married. In fact, it's a sin from our perspective and from God's perspective. But immediately they take that vow, we expect them to do anything together. So that vow is so sacred. Okay? And you're supposed to be together forever in sickness, 
in health, for richer, for poorer. But somebody said, for richer, for richer. So what's our perspective, okay? Uh, if for whatever reason, um, life should make you poorer than you are, I'm out of this marriage. Next. I the first one said for richer. This was for richer and richer and richer. Which means if you are not progressing the way you are getting, I'm out of this marriage. Next. In sickness, in sickness, and in health, and in health, to love, to love, cherish, cherish, and to obey. <laughs> we didn't talk about that one in council. We did talk about that in council. Yes, we did. Thank so you. you. Repeat that again. You want to just keep going? I think we can keep going. All right. Thank you. Um, did you hear her? That woman will not submit to her husband. She's saying it and confronting the priest that you didn't tell me this in when we were in, uh, you were counseling us. You didn't tell me this, and the priest said, "Okay, should we say it now or we should move ahead?" So she made that vow without that submission. So what do you think will happen in that home? So her perspective is, um, "I'm the boss here, or I dare not submit to anybody." And what many people don't understand is that there's power in that submission. There's no man who can be a man of God without submitting to God. There's no woman who can effectively control the husband without submitting. Can I give you a, a wise woman submits absolutely to the husband, but she controls the husband. But a stupid woman wants everybody to see and be arrogant and all of that. And the man will say, eh, his ego will rise up. He will not allow it. Hallelujah. Next. We share everything from a car, a phone, a Facebook account. And we share the same boyfriend. Thank you. Twins, two sisters, marrying the same man. That is, <laughs> that is polyandry. Okay, is that the way God intends it? I don't think. No, that's polygamy. I think it's the other way. It's polyandry. When one woman marries two husband, two husbands. Is that way when? One woman, when one woman marries two husbands, that's polyandry. When one man marries two wives, that's polygamy. Oh, okay, thank you so much. So, is polyandry or polygamy God's intention? Perspectives. They were twins, identical twins, and they want to marry, and they indeed marry one man. Next, sir. 
Can, can the background be white so that we can see? Okay, thank you, sir. So after marriage, husband and wife become two sides of a coin. They just can't face each other, but they still, but still they stay together. That's in that home, there will be a lot of boxing. Because they can't stay together. And that's somebody's perspective. Now, when I get married, um, I live in the same house with my wife, but we, are, we don't just agree. And see who said so? Al Gore. You know Al Gore? Former vice president of the United States. Somebody with power and influence. So many people will go believing these statements. But let every ideology, everything that is contrary to what our God has said, let it be erased in our homes, in our thoughts, holding captives, every thought, everything that is contrary, that is not in accordance with the word of God for our lives. Socrates said, oh, by all means, marry. That if you get a good wife, you'll be happy. If you get a bad one, you become a philosopher. Meaning that your wife will show you shaggy. If you marry a wrong wife, that's what he's saying. Next. See Mike Tyson. You know Mike Tyson, don't you? Okay. See, wife inspires us to great things. But prevents us from achieving them. That is, your wife is a mighty obstacle to your achieving your purpose in life. That's contrary to where the Bible tells me that God has created a helpmate for me so that I can fulfill his counsel and his purpose in my life. But somebody is saying that it's an obstacle to your life. And people will say this, and you go to motivational, whatever, and write books and say stuff like this, and we swallow them hook, line, and sinker. Then we go home and we look at that woman. Hmm. This is an obstacle now that I've imported to my house. No, no. Okay, I see what Bill Clinton, you know Bill Clinton now, president, American president, had some words with my wife, and she had some paragraphs with me. What does that mean? She does not stop talking. Pam, pam. She does not stop talking. What do you think will happen in that home? Correct. Any small thing, <coughs> she has come again. Or at best, but the Bible says God has created for us all things to enjoy. But this man is enduring his marriage. I don't know when you got married, um, 20s, 30s, but you want to die at 60. With long life, it will satisfy us. Yes? So which means the period you will live with your spouse is more than the period you live without him or her. So if you are enduring, that is a long life endurance. But that will not be your portion. Next. Michael Jordan. That's a way of transferring fund that is even faster than electronic banking. It is called marriage. <laughs> you see, 
your wife is there to scam you, to take all your money from you. What do you think will happen? So, when you have 10 naira, you declare, I have just two. <laughs> one for feeding, one for upkeep, uh, and that's it. So, there can be transparency in that home. That is the worldview. That is what is carrying in his head. You know, Michael Jordan, sportsman, loved by great Americans, and many children wanted to be like Michael Jordan. Okay, what about the grandfather of them all? Barack Obama said, a good wife always forgives her husband when she's wrong, when she is wrong. <laughs> that is, whatever happened, just be a dummy. Just allow, whatever she say, yes, it's correct. That's what he's saying. Even when she's wrong, uh, go ahead and apologize. Next. When you are in love, wonders happen. But once you get married, you wonder what happens. <laughs> Steve Jobs. But is that correct? Shouldn't our life be brighter and brighter? The, the whole essence of marriage is to give you somebody to aid you. To, to make you go forward, to improve you, to compliment you. But this man is telling us that joy you had at single will disappear. Ah, I ate a lot of bully. I don't want to eat bully again. It can't be. Which means God who instituted marriage made a mistake if the life after marriage is worse compared with the life before marriage. So we should all stay single. Um, Brad Pitt said, marriage is a beautiful forest where brave lions are killed by beautiful jays. What is not true? What is not true? I, I, think, I think we've had enough of that. Uh, you know that I've just brought this so that we can understand and appreciate the fact that there are many philosophies and uh, worldviews, perspectives out there. And I'm asking you not to buy them. There's something called the law of first mention. If certain things are happening and we don't know, we go to the first time it happened. And why did it happen? We will now know the essence of that or import of that event or intention. Then we can take our bearing from that. Okay? Genesis 2, 24 to 25. Say, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and give to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Powerful one flesh. Two people becoming one. 25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, the man, one, and the wife, one. And they were not ashamed, meaning there's absolute trust, complete transparency, and both of them were not ashamed. They were not saying that they were perfect, but they were saying that, oh, we're in it together. Okay? Proverbs 18, 22. Say, whosoever findeth 
So there's a finding. It won't come to you. You have to find. You have to look for. There's a finding. So whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. So that man saying that your wife will scam you of your money is contrary to what the Bible is saying, that you find a wife that you've obtained favor from God. Whose report will you believe? This is the report of the Lord. Let us not believe those things. That powerful influential people who seem to have achieved and they are the uh, raise them up as banners of how we should live our lives. And what they are saying is contrary to what the word of God is saying. That when I find a wife, I have obtained favor. What is favor? The favor is unmerited. Uh, 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 things that you don't marry just come to you. You have a grace that is unusual. Things that your natural abilities cannot accomplish. Coming to you effortlessly. Things that you do not deserve. Coming to you. I know many people that... Um, They've moved up because of their spouses. Hallelujah. So marriage is, is beautiful. Marriage is good. Do not listen to what those people are saying. I hope there are no minor in the house today because we are discussing marriage and marriage is between two Consenting adults. Okay. First Corinthians 7, from verse 3. To let the husband render unto his wife due benevolence, and, like, and likewise also the wife unto husband. The wife has no power of her, of her own body. The wife has not power of our own body, but the husband. And likewise, also, the husband has not power of his own body, but the wife. See that word in verse 5. Defraud, defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer, and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. What is he saying? He's saying the man is not the owner of his body, but the wife. Two have become one. And the woman is not the owner of her body because two have become one. Correct? Then he's saying that you have intimacy. That if you don't have intimacy, the devil will come and tempt you. And because of your incontinency, I went, I checked that word. What was the meaning of incontinency? Your inability to control your sexual desire. Meaning that if you abstain from sex from your wife for so long, you'll be tempted outside. And it becomes an avenue for the devil to tempt you. This itself can be a topic for seminar. Because, and this is the cross 
of issues in many marriages. I, I, I pity many um, counselors. Because couples come to counselors and say, we have this issue, it's not talking to me, it's not giving me money, and you are dwelling on the peripherals. Whereas this is the main problem. And they will not tell you. So they give you questions that you cannot solve. And you are struggling with it. And after you've uh, two hours, three hours of your precious life, uh, what if I achieved? Nothing. So what was he saying? I don't know about you. Say, husband should write down to his wife, do benevolence. Have sex with your wife. That is what he's saying. Well, the, the way our bodies are structured, men have sexual drive that is a bit higher than the woman. I'm not an authority in this, growing up. And because of this imbalance, it can cause friction. Uh -uh, what is your problem? Is it food? All of you are looking at me now. You have children and you're looking at me. That is the truth. Or because we are in church, you were joining the church and you said, can you kiss the bride? And you did. In the presence of God and all of us as witnesses. And we are adults. Okay? But what I'm saying is that nobody, the wife thinks as a man, the husband should know what to do. Correct? Do I have witness? Thank you. But what we don't understand is that nobody has ever taught the man. His father didn't tell him. Who taught the father himself? So what he knows, where does he get his information from? From friends who had premarital sex. From books, from films, from pornography. Then he carries that, or from even personal experience, he carries that to his marriage. Then he doesn't know what to do. And women have been socialized to be passive. I, I know a couple came to me. They have this issue. Do you know the problem? The husband and the wife, they are fighting. And what is the problem with the wife? The, problem, the wife says, after 10 years, this man still does not know the road. I said, is that a problem? Then show him the road. But he was, she was angry. Anything you know, then you, anything you don't know, you should learn. Talk to godly counselors. Talk to people who will teach you. And we have experts. You are making me uncomfortable the way you are looking at me. <laughs> but I'm very comfortable in my skin. Very comfortable. Okay? There's a man I heard has gone to buy water dispenser in his bedroom. Why? And with some analgesic. Because the wife was always having headache every night. <laughs> Any time to have it means I have a headache. 
Anyway, I have a deck. So she's going to buy water dispenser with glass. So first scoop the water and with an energetic first. Because I know there's headache. You know? But that was a wrong way of correcting a bad problem. Because we are all um, rational human beings. What does that mean? We like pleasure. We run away from pain. If I say, should I give you 10 slaps or five, you will take five. If I said, should, should I allow you 10 minutes enjoyment or one hour enjoyment, you will take one hour enjoyment. So we like enjoyment, we hate pains. So if your wife or your husband is running away from enjoyment, the problem is not to go and give energetic that you know that it's just an escape route. It's to sit down and ask, what, 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 what was the problem? Problem can be deep, deeply seated. I mean, there are people who are frigid because they had bad experiences growing up. Many people were molested by their parents and they, they just want to see any man. Every man is a beast. You know, and they carry that perspective to marriage and, and they cannot be touched. You know, the Lord will help us. But the Bible calls this the fraud. See, verse 5 defraud ye not one another. Meaning, if you do not subscribe to this, you are 419 in our own parlance. So, and we have people, I mean, we are blessed. We have in, at least one psychologist in the house, my friend and my sister, Sister Shadi. See her. First Corinthians 7, 10 to 12. Say, and unto the married I command you not, but the Lord. First Corinthians 7, 10 to 12. And unto the married I command ye not, I. That is, what I'm saying now, it's not my idea, but it's what I've heard God, and that is what I'm telling you. Do let not the wife depart from her husband. That is, no divorce. Okay. Malachi two sixteen, God says, "I hate." Not that I don't like. I hate divorce. So, what is the perspective that we carry? What is the framework of marriage we carry? Or that we should carry from the word of God? The marriage of two people of opposite sex who are together as one and divorce is not an option. And in that union, they are supposed to enjoy themselves so that they can fulfill the purpose and the counsel of God for both lives. God wouldn't just wake up and say, what do I do today? Mm, let me do uh, uh, uh. God is a God of order. God did not first create fish and was thinking of, where will I put this fish? No. God didn't just create plants and say, where will I pray before creating the soil? No. God is a God of purpose and order. 
Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and has obtained favor from the Lord. So how did I find my wife? Um, she went for a meeting somewhere in Victoria Island, and in that meeting, the man of God said, there are some of you here that your husbands may not be where you are. Maybe you are in, uh, you are in Lagos. The husband is still in my degree or wherever. So there's no way it's going to happen. So pray. Or uh, your husband, you are, both of you are seen every day, but the man is not seeing you. You are not even seeing him, even though both of you meet every day and greet. But you can't see that this is a wife material. Long story short, um, they prayed that prayer and they left it at that. And one thing she did was that, okay, how would I know if any man who comes to me is my husband? Then she thought of what is this impossible thing that can happen so that I will know that fleecing, you know fleecing, if you want to fleece God, you ask God for something that uh, it must be your hand to make this thing happen. She said, oh, the person I will marry, let the person give me a ring. Can you imagine you are not planning to marry a woman and gift your first gift ever is a ring. Not that you wanted to marry her. Okay, so that was what happened on our side. On my side, I was actually in Kaduna. I was in Lagos. But May 9, 1992, there was a riot in Kaduna, and that riot, I was caught in that riot. I mean, I mean, hooligans, people who were killing, entered my car. But by the miraculous hand of the Almighty, God used them to ferry me to safety. If you know Kaduna very well, in front of NDA. Okay. Uh, after that, I decided I, I must come to Lagos. So I came to Lagos and I was staying with my sister. The husband was very rich, so I had a room in his house and I was in, I was just okay. But I just, you know, I don't want to be here. I, I need to just move out. Then I got an apartment with my two other friends, okay, three bedroom apartments, and we took each room and that was it. Okay, but at the back of this apartment was a young lady who will park our cars for months. We'll park our cars, and uh, if you see anyone, hi, hi, hello, hello, and we'll go to work. Okay, but everybody, you know, everybody has a weakness. Or is there anybody who doesn't have a weakness? My weakness is that I, I can't carry key. Carrying keys, either key to your car, key to your bedroom, uh, is just uh, too much for me. I cannot. So I depended on my friends. And one of them were working together in the same office. So we come to uh, leave the same room, I mean, the same house, go to the same office, come back, the same, you know. So you opened the door. My door was never, I mean, my room was never locked anyway. So one day my friend went to uh, Yahoo. He didn't come home. 
So I was logged out. Uh, what would I do? I just sat at the corner of the house waiting for my friend to come. And here came, comes the, this young lady and said, hello, hello, yeah, um, are you looking for somebody here? I said, no, I, I live in the main house. <laughs> so, oh, okay, 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 come. So she took me to her apartment. So I was like, damn. You don't know somebody and you took that person to your apartment? I was watching. And immediately she went out to go and do something. I said, ah, how can you leave a stranger in your apartment? I took notes. About three weeks after, I was back in the same spot. My wife went, uh, my friend went visiting and there was no key to the room, to the house. And I was seated. Immediately she came, ah, <laughs> you are locked out again. You are coming inside. So I went with her, with her, and as things will happen, June 12 happened. And June 12, people were not going to work. She had television, we didn't have, three of us didn't have television. <laughs> so we'll go to our house, to our apartment, and listen to news, what has happened, and how we should move, and all of that when we started becoming friends. I mean, you have to discuss what was going on and how this person was doing this, this person was not doing that. So we started discussing. And some of that will be late to the night. I mean, you were going to work. And she will not prepare food for us. OK? So you were not going to work. We are not going to work, and somebody was preparing food for you. Now, wow, my brother. <laughs> okay, but there was something else. So that, that was for a long period. But still, I just, I just had a friend, and where I could eat in the evening, not a white material, nothing. Um, I had a car that time, a BMW 300 uh, series. If you know BMW very well, not the recent ones, see, a Fue Gosler. Then I also like to travel. So every weekend I was traveling. But one thing with June 12 was that there was no fur. The Nupeng people were on strike. So there was no fur. But miraculously, this young lady at the back was always having fur. And she didn't just have, she would give me without asking for money. And I was always traveling. Well, thank God for having a generous neighbor. And, I, <laughs> and that was it for, for, for us. Somebody's asking, how did I ask her out? Anyways, I was going to work with my friend one day, and what would guys discuss? We discussed women, even though we were Christian. We were of marriageable age, so we discussed women. And my friend just asked, okay, have you considered the lady behind? I said, as what? He said, as your wife. I said, ah. I said, but we are friends. And he now said, okay, if you don't marry your friend, is it your enemy that you'll marry? And that got me thinking. And from that day, I started assessing from a different perspective. Yeah. 
Then I went to Kaduna. And coming back from Kaduna, I was already in Kaduna Airport when I said, ah, <laughs> the house where you were eating for free, the person was giving you without asking. You now travel to Kaduna, not even, ah, uh, no, no, you can't do that. The only thing I could see was a ring. So I bought the ring and I got home and I gave it to her. So she was like, ah, why did you buy me a ring? I said, I don't know, that was just what I just saw and I, I just bought you a ring. God is my witness. I wasn't proposing, I wasn't just to buy something for a friend. Yeah. It did not make any meaning to me. But I wasn't privy to the fact that she was fleecing. I wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. So we became friends and that continued. After my friend asked me, Will you know, why wouldn't you marry your friend? Will you marry your enemy? So I said, oh, I need to take this issue seriously, but I still have to ask God. Because that's a way that seems right unto man, but the end is destruction. I know if you marry, marry can be a problem if you miss it. Okay? So I went to God. I locked my door on Friday morning. And I came out on Sunday night. By the time I was coming out, I knew who to marry and I knew the date. So when I was proposing, it was, will you marry me on so-so date? I don't many people look at me and say, in fact, somebody has asked my wife before, how did you propose to him? <laughs> because they were so sure this one cannot talk to a woman. Hmm. Not so. But she knew with that ring and what happened and all of that, she, she knew that, okay, this is the guy, but you have to bid your time, you have to wait. Whether that was why I was getting the free food, I don't know. <laughs> but she knew, but I did not know. So she kept me waiting for one, one week. After one week, she, she said yes. Okay, and the rest is good history today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've said a couple of things, which, because I know my audience is uh, segregated. There are people who are not married and they're looking for spouses. There are people who are young in the houses into getting to almost 30 years that God has helped us. One, if you have a choice between marry your friend and marry a lover, please marry your friend. Because after you slept with that woman for a couple of times, you are no longer, that excitement of not sleeping with a woman is not there. But a friend, you talk about everything and nothing. But you are still friends. You don't understand. After all the sparkles are gone, your friend, the bonding of being friends is still there. So you, you can talk from here to Jericho and you are not bored. And you share common interests. One. Two. Marry somebody of your opposite sex. Don't marry somebody of your own sex. <laughs> then why? Then we did not court because I date. I don't know the idea of dating. I mean, it's, it's an oxymoron for you to say you are dating in Christendom. By my own understanding, 
you are supposed to ask God, if God has said this is the person, so what is that dating supposed to mean? And how much of a person can you know? The, the Bible says the heart of a man is desperately, desperately wicked. The person can't even understand his own heart. I mean, has it not happened to you before that you, you look back at some things that you did and you are like, why did I do that? So if you, living inside you, is regretting what you did, why do you think that uh, somebody you see maybe two, three, four, max five hours in a day, you can understand that person perfectly? Then how many people are you going to understand before you say, this is the one? But when God makes a choice for you, then go and just go in faith and marry that person. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Then when when between this period, because God just sent a woman to us, and the woman sent for the two of us and said, come. There was something I did um, when I was at your age, and I'm regretting it, and it's still buffeting me each time I'm, she was a marriage counselor. We, we didn't send for her. She sent for us. Okay, and she said, Whatever you do, please don't sleep together before you get married. That each time she was to go minister elsewhere, she would first kneel down and say, God, let nobody ask me this question. Because, one, I don't want to lie, and I cannot tell them that, oh, I slept with my husband. What happened? She was engaged, and in the Yoruba setting, they have done the traditional marriage. In some, you know, we have free... We like call it process of forms of marriage now. The traditional, the one you do in a registry, and the one you do in church. You can do one of those things and you are married. Yes? Good. But as Christians, we don't take it that we are married until we ask the priest to pronounce, we join together, make our vows, and pronounce that, judge, uh, that uh, blessing. Because marriage, we believe marriage is not made by the elders in, in the village. But we must fulfill all righteousness. We must fulfill all righteousness. Okay? And that's a dangerous period. You are married, but you are not married. So if your incontinency takes the better part of you, start sleeping together. So this woman called us and warned us and begged us and prayed with us. Thank God for that woman. Because you don't know what Isaac was facing every day for 14 years. Seeing the person he loved I will not touch her. So, if you are in my position, in that position, please don't touch her. Two of you should not be mad at the same time. Let somebody get, um, yeah, sense and, and, and ensure that, because you want to honor God. In any case, this is a business you have less sense for to the rest of your days. So wait to honor God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah now. Okay. So, but the fact that God has chosen for you does not mean that 
you may not have disagreement, yes, misunderstanding, that both of you will see the things from the same perspective? No. So how do we do, how do we do our um, um, conflict resolution? There are three things, four things actually that we, we, we said that we will not do to help our marriage. One, talk. That under no condition will we keep malice. You want to talk to me? No, I don't want to talk to you. Go, go, go. I don't want to talk to you. Or you talk to me, or we talk with one uh, monosyllable. Good morning. Good morning. Is it okay? Yes, it's okay. We will not allow that to happen. Okay. Under no condition will you not prepare food or will the other person not eat? Okay. Under no condition will you deprive yourself of your bodies or ourselves of our bodies. Then when somebody says sorry, whether he means it or he does not mean it, accept it. When we offend God, what do we say? Sorry. So if God accepts our sorry, so who are you not to accept sorry from your spouse? So when the one says sorry, that ends the matter. And please, don't be a historian uh, archiving what somebody has done. In 1942, that was what you did. In fact, you don't mean this sorry. Every time you do this, you do this. No, no. That's how we do our conflict resolution. And I've learned by experience, I've learned experientially I will give you two instances. One, I applied for visa in American embassy. But that morning, my wife and I, we quarreled. Quarreled, so I just turned out of the house. That time, you have to go and queue, and my appointment was for 6 a.m. And as God will have it, it was a rainy day. So I got to water carrying quarter to 6 a.m. in the morning. I killed. I was called in around 10. So meaning I was standing outside from uh, 5.45 to around 10. I didn't have, when I was called in, I didn't get a place to sit until 12. So I have been standing for 12 hours. Then when I got a place to sit, I was not called in for that interview until 6 p.m. So, stood outside for six hours, sat inside for six hours, and my interview did not last 20 seconds. And I was denied. I vowed I would never go to that place. In fact, I wrote them a stinker. Uh, but she kept on persuading me, throw it again. By this time, we were jolly jolly. And I got there, I didn't spend 10 minutes. And when, they normally call in batches of five. But when it was my turn, I don't know what happened to them inside. They brought four passports for the guy who was to interview me. I looked at the four, he passed them. Then I was still sitting, so like, oh, okay. So he went inside to look for my passport. By the time he was coming out, he was angry with them inside. So he just, he just kept saying, Mm, you was looking at, oh, okay, uh, where do you say you are going? I'm in American embassy, you ask me where I'm going. Anyway, okay, I come back and pick your visa. He didn't ask me any question. That taught me a lesson. Do not allow strife in your marriage. Don't let the devil come between you. 
The second one, we are out of uh, the country and um, we are pulled aside, okay? Um, the immigration officers are interrogating us and all that. Before we got to, before, when they allow us to go, our next, we were connecting, so our next flight had left. And we don't know what happened in Detroit that day. All the hotels were booked. The airline did not do anything. So we, 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 I stood throughout the night in the cold with my wife and my son because we quarreled. So I've come to know experientially don't quarrel, don't allow a rift between you. The devil will maximize it and it will flog you very well. And you'll be the one to suffer it. Praise the name of the Lord. People always ask, what about financing? How do we do? People ask, should we keep joint accounts or joint, joint accounts or separate accounts? And I'm like, ah, they say both of you are one flesh. So what God has joined together in one flesh, let finance put asunder. So, and I tell people that, look, account is just a medium to achieving something. The most important thing is finance. Do you have what this family wants to do? It doesn't matter if we are one body. You know, it's, it's always said that, look, um, it's money is our money. But her money is our money. Did you get what I said? His money is, uh, is our own, but her own money, I don't think that's right. If we're together, okay, then we should work together. It has played out a couple of times in our own lives. There was a time, because I wasn't passing my professional exam, I left my job. And for three, four months, I don't know, we depended on one income, her own income. If our money was our money, I would have retired to the village. <laughs> Do you understand? And the other way around, that was a time she could she run her own uh, business. That was a time bees were not coming; they had to finance that organization. When I was promoted in the place of work, and I had the first car, and I'm like, "What's a car? A piece of metal working on rubber." Do I be the big man uh, driven to office one day and park the car and I'm uh, worshipping it? Or I allow the car to work for her and make more money for the family? Of course, she was the one driving the car. Many people can't believe that. You give your brand new, first brand new car to your wife, yes, so that you can make money for us. So, joint finance is the most important thing and not where the money is kept. Um, I also have people confide in me and people come to me easily. It doesn't matter where I am and I've recognized that as a ministry. So, I've prayed for people anywhere and everywhere, on the streets, inside banking hall, just anywhere. On anything, people easily confide in me. Even people I don't know. If you have that kind of ministry, your wife cannot be somebody who's jealous. Somebody who doesn't have inner conviction. 
And what that has done for us is that my, life, my wife allows me to be me. And I allow her to be her. We're two different people, as in, in temperament and in nature. My wife is an extrovert. Within three minutes, she says, everybody will know. In fact, they introduced me by her. Are you Jita's husband? I said, yes, I'm Jita's husband. <laughs> you know, but I'm a bit introverted. Okay? And she has the gift of gaps. She can speak. I can't. But instead of allowing that to be a problem, it's a good thing for us. If two of us were to be speaking, one is speaking, the other one is speaking, it would be a problem to be a remain house of uh, commotions. Nobody will understand what is going on. So she speaks, I listen. And I'm happy. If I'm to do this, if I have this opportunity to do this, trust me, I will do it exactly the way the God has left me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You can take questions, if any. Uh, my friend wants to ask me a question. And Tijita is still cooking food for us. Can we come and collect food today? <laughs> Do you have any question in the house? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Remy, for that beautiful message. Thanks. I hold the same view as you do with regard to dating. Um, I don't think as Christians, Christians should date, we should go to God and ask God. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So I hold that view. And um, I share the same view also with my people. Uh, but only recently, and I also agree, a man of God, some of you may have seen the social media um, video, a very one of our fathers, said that he misses it sometimes. Um, missing it means that sometimes he thinks God has spoken, but he got it wrong. And oftentimes the way he's been corrected is through criticisms from the public. So he was making that admission. So as you were talking, like I said, I hold the same view. It just dropped also in my mind that with regard to dating, when someone has gone to God, is there no possibility that someone can miss it? And does that not make an argument for dating to be sure that this is what God really wants for you? Uh, I have a very inquisitive young congregation uh, some of them are on the platform. And as we were talking, I just assumed that one day they will ask me that question. What should be my answer to them? Thank you, sir. Um, the issue, as I understand it, and I don't claim to know it all, it's not what the, it's not the problem is from having a conviction and understanding from God that it's God. If you go to God and say, should I marry Esther or I should marry Stella? You've limited the options to two. 
What God says is Amina and she's still in uh, Maidukuri. Like Dr. Tortoise, if you go, should I marry Esther or I should marry uh, Charity? I prefer Charity, but if you say none or this, I will go with what God would lead that person. But oftentimes, we've made our own choice and we're asking God to rubber stamp it. And it becomes very difficult for us to hear. Or what we are hearing is what we are using our senses to um, filter. Her father is rich. She's a graduate. This is a medical doctor. Ah, life is bright. Not always. I've said it here before. There was a president of a uh, uh, um, student union fellowship who was a medical doctor and is proposed to the secretary of the union. The condition we have is that the guy must be born again. Uh, is there a precedent? Uh, how can you tell me he's not born again? And I'm the secretary. So he's a son of God. But God told that, no, don't marry this guy. But you know, this guy died three years after leaving school. So God was trying to save her from early widowhood. So there are many things that God can see that we cannot see. Okay, I have a, somebody who is very dear to me. Uh, God asked um, him to marry a lady. But this lady had tribal marks. I think I've said it here before. Oh, this lady had tribal marks. Ah, how would I carry tribal marks to, to Lagos? They were asking, is he lion that fought with her? Or is this a cat that? No, we'll come to church. Everybody will be asking, how many? Is it one, two, three, four? No, 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 no. I cannot. And he went and married one uh, very yellow person, very tall, very... Today he's praying, God, deliver me. This tribal market woman has married another pastor. This person I'm telling you about is a relation, it's a pastor. Has gone to marry another pastor. They are having wonderful ministry somewhere in Ibadan today. So there's a God who knows tomorrow. To come back to what you are saying, sir, I don't think you can know so much of a person from dating. Why? When we come to date, what do we do? You bring out your best. Yes, that's what we do. You, you, you want to show that you are polished. You want to, things that you know accommodate, you just look at, you accommodate it. So, do you understand? So we're actually pretending. We are active for ourselves. And you can't see that person more than two, three, four times. It's quite different from when you see her in a shower cap with River Niger here and with Rabenu here. No cascaras, no mascaras. The wig is off, the lipstick is off, the first nails are out. You are seeing as God made. It's quite different. And when she comes under pressure, or you come under pressure, it's quite different. And there are certain things that you cannot, the, 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 even if you want to be testing, the extent of testing is limited. Because there are certain things you cannot do together in that situation. I said, I, I was failing my exams. I had to leave my job. And my wife was sponsoring us for like four or five. So how do you test that this woman would support me in marriage, for instance? So what would you rather choose? And in any case, if God has said, and you are a child of God. So, coming back to what you said, sir, 
if you miss what God said, so it's, it's better for us to stay and be sure and be sure. How many times did Gideon fleece God? He didn't get one and he ran away. Be sure, be sure. But I told you by the time I was coming out, I didn't come out with, this is the person you should marry. I came out with, this is the person you should marry. And on this date, so you cannot now come out and is it this one? No. So my answer to that, sir, is difficult, is that please stay there until you are convinced and don't think because God has said, then there will be no challenges, no issues. Or the only approval that God has said is that it's a roller coaster. Ah, uh -uh. in fact, the fact that God has said means that you will have challenges because hell will arise against you. But no weapon fashion in God shall prosper. And every turn that arises against us in judgment, we condemn it. Thank you, sir. Okay, quick one. Where is the scripture that backs dating? Adam did not date. Isaac did not date. I don't know whether that is a question. Sir? Oh, okay. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everyone. So I, I feel led to share a personal story in relation to that. I don't know if I'm permitted. Okay, so that happened to me. Like, <laughs> I learned that um, good is not always God. So um, um, there was a guy, a good guy that was around me, knowing my story, you know, and he was, he was around me. In fact, nice guy, church, even plays the keyboard and I sing, you know, <laughs> look perfect. But um, for, he, he asked me like for, for years, a few years. And then in my final year, I was in Benin, University of Benin. He organized with my friend my, on my birthday, as in like prepared cake and everything. He even wanted to come to Benin. It was someone that said, this lady has not even answered you, you know. Then my roommate started to say, ah, you look at this guy, when will you say yes to him now? And I'd been praying, but it now occurred to me that ah, it's true, with all my baggage, where will I see another person that will love me like this? And then I said yes to him. What happened was that I lost my peace. In fact, there were, there were some people I was talking to. You know, when, when um, how do I put it? You are conferring with flesh and blood. When deep inside, you know. And they were like, ah, he's a good. Everybody says it's very, very good. But I lost my peace. I could not explain it. And then I had to, I had to go back to God with sincerity and open heart. So I would say that dating is not the way. If we are sincere and our hearts are open, and the Lord told me clearly, this, this is not my perfect will for you. You know, and I learned that something that is good may not be God. And my, in fact, I didn't know that God had spoken to my husband that this is your wife for years. And when he was ready to come, I was now in that relationship. You know, and my husband just went back to God and said, this is the person that you said. And that was when I lost my peace and all of that. But until I, you know, let go of the old, the new did not come. I thought that I was going to, God was going to keep me waiting for, but immediately I let go and he found out, you know, that was the new. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Eh, you want to ask your husband? <laughs> Praise the Lord. What? Eh, contribution. So, 
um, the story about the ring. I want to go back there just briefly. So when he gave me the ring, I, I'm like, why will you buy me a ring? But my body was really shaking inside, and I was praying that the ring would not fit. That if the ring did not fit, that means he was not the right person. I still have the ring till tomorrow as a memorial. When I put that ring in my finger, you would think he measured me to give me that ring. That's not all. Then secondly, I mean, I'm from Delta, I'm Urubu, And I used to say to myself, I'm sorry, I will not marry a Yoruba man. I was very definite about it. So when he asked me, I said, I will come back to you. I said, yes. The day I said, yes. And when I got back, I said to myself, ah, I've just said yes to Yoruba man. Ah, I cannot do it. I now went to meet him the following day. I said, that thing I told you yesterday. Please. I didn't really mean it. And he says, no problem. Do you know, immediately he said, no problem. For the next four days, I thought I was going to die. I lost my peace. I couldn't concentrate at work. Everything was just scattered. I tried to pray. You know that kind of religious prayer, to pray myself out of that unease. The more I prayed, the more uneasy I felt. So I now went back to him after four days. I said, okay, I'm sorry. I will agree now. And so when I now came back this time, when I, when I came back this time, my, the peace that I experienced that time, for the past 29 years, I've never had one day of doubt that this is God. Praise the Lord. Pastor, what if she was a teacher when you approached her? What would you have done? Well, God said, I will give you the desires of your heart. Praise the Lord. Good morning, Hallelujah. everybody. Good morning, man. My, I don't know, this is a contribution and something to think about. I am passionate about young people, and I do know that they're in different categories. That's to say there are young people who have just come to know the Lord, and they are desirous of doing the right thing. Sister Inye falls in the category of young people who've known the Lord for a long time so they can differentiate when they've lost their peace. There are categories of young people, and I suppose that's what Pastor Conrad is talking about. They want to please the Lord, but they are young in faith, and they're at that point where they want to marry. You know, to know who is the right person for you, you must have learned how God speaks to you. Because Currently, you know, I've been reading that um, conversational prayer written by doctor. And it's really very deep if we want to help young people. They must be taught how to hear God speak and know how God speaks to them. That way, we'll be sure that we've divided, the word has divided between the soul and the spirit. Because a lot of people are making the wrong decisions. And it's basically because our souls haven't been renewed. That speck is there. And there are believers who teach that. It must be tall, dark, and handsome. So what if it's not tall, dark, and handsome? And that's the will of God. Oh, he has a tribal mark. And he has a tribal mark. So what if he has all those things? Because you see, from the position where I stand, you know that anybody who is about this age has been through life and know that TDH is necessarily not God. Because when your eye is clear, you will really see that those things don't really matter. But that God 
is the one that matters. So I'll say to anyone who is mentoring young people, and especially at the point where they want to marry, that they are taught to really keep reading the word of God. Read and read the scripture. It is an assignment that they must fulfill so that the word of God can question the motives of our hearts. That way, where it beats on a sure, surer footing, as a parent, that's essentially what I'm doing with my children because if there's any prayer I've prayed since they were in my womb, bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, you will marry. You will not miss it and you will not go astray. And it is just a real concern for anyone who has children and is also very con um, concerned about you. Of course, you know that a lot, the rate of divorce is a lot higher. And a lot of people go into marriage with the heart, a lot of young people, that if it doesn't work, we can go our separate ways. But we must continue to reintroduce it. That is the reason why they will be sober, very sober before they make a decision. It's not about a fine girl or a well-spoken man. It is about, is this God's will? And as for, as for us parents, we shouldn't be overly excited and then be talking to the girls, when are you going to marry? We should go into our closet and ask God, God lead them so that their hearts are really not pressured. And may the Lord help us. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. And you say, what's TDH? Oh, you don't know what TDH is. Tall, dark, and, oh, they've already told you. Tall, dark, and handsome. People who read the Miss Bones. Is it Miss Bones? I don't know what TDH is, actually. Praise the Lord. Okay. That man in uh, My husband Miss Bones exists only in that book. It doesn't exist in reality. All right. Thank you, sir, for the word this morning. Uh, my question would be from the area of uh, marriage vows. So if you say for better, for worse, why do you still need to say for richer, for poorer, in sickness, in health? Because for better, for worse kind of captures everything based on the perspective you showed us on the screen that the lady was saying for richer, for richer. So I don't know, why is there a need to now um, say um, for richer, for poorer, if you have said for better, for worse? Okay, uh, things can get worse, but it doesn't mean that everything will get worse. The man can lose his health, but he can, his country may still be doing very well. So if that woman is telling you that, I will marry you. I will stay in this marriage as long as there's money. You keep having more money, even if your health is failing, not a problem. If they detain you and take you to Alagbon, no problem. If uh, your reputation is damaged completely, no problem. But as long as there's, uh, yeah, I will stay there. Does that make sense? Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Any other question? Good morning. I tried too hard to hold myself. Thank you, Pastor Romy. Thank you, sir. So because I work a lot with um, teenagers and young people, um, I agree, like she has rightly said, I have a background, I have an understanding. And for myself, yes, I can speak. And a lot of things resonate with me, I understand. Since now you give examples. But I, I like to ask, I like to clarity. And this is also because, fortunately, um, or rather, unfortunately for my generation, we don't have a lot of people teaching the right thing outside. 
and we don't have them here to hear the real one. So it's you versus them outside. So you are here saying, and they are telling you, my pastor said, that pastor said, and then I'm in the place where, okay, am I now going to be contending what the pastor has said? I heard, I heard a, man of, a woman of God say recently. In fact, um, said, someone sent me the video, and she was saying that why will you, this is a woman of God, a very popular woman, in the teaching with young people, counting that why will you be saying in, um, in health and in sickness, for richer, for poorer, that that's why you are already poor in your marriage, that's why your marriage is having issues. That it's supposed to be in rich, for richer, for richest, or forever, for riches, for, just like what the thing said. So, and there's a whole lot of these things flying outside. Um, on the, now, when it comes to dating, it's usually a very sensitive topic, and because of time, I really do not want to begin to go into it. I understand, but, now, but this is only when I ask. I hear pastors, I hear churches say, Christians don't date, they cut, and it gets me confused. I've heard this, I've been, I'm like, they say Christians, we don't date, we cut. And I'm like, okay, so courtship and dating, what is really is the difference? You are telling me, oh, it's courtship, you're, you're going to marry. Okay. It, so, in essence, just, my question is clarity for some of things I've mentioned is, okay. just for clarity purposes. Please. Okay, courtship and dating. Dating, I'm testing whether this is the person. Huh? So, I take you out to Mr. Biggs or which one is? Which it is out? So I'm watching you, how you eat. Uh, do you take off a finger? Do you come on time? I've not, no commitment. We're just, uh, yes, we're just testing, testing. But when you say you are cutting, then I've decided to marry you, you've decided to marry me. You are not going to say yes to another person. But if you are dating and uh, you are eating, and your mouth is making more noise than your... Because, you know, I can't carry this on to my... My mother would not like this kind of person. And that will be the end. You call my... Say, I block you right away. That is dating. But when you start cutting, then you've committed. By the time she said yes, then cutting has started. But we are saying that in that period, please make it very brief. Make it very brief so that uh, for your incontinency, okay? And what are you waiting for? I met somebody said, uh, um, I said, why are you not married? He said, I'm, I'm waiting for money. I said, really? Money? I said, how much do you need to marry? He said, okay, I need like five million. Okay, how much do you save every, every month? So it's going to take you 75 years for you to marry. <laughs> Your marriage doesn't have to be so come together we do it on sunday morning and you are married you take your vows and that is it hallelujah praise the lord that's our final question okay does anybody have any question okay that's our final question okay thank you very much oh, wait wait online thank you sir i'm blessed Thank you, sir. I'm blessed with your teaching. I want to get an understanding on something. I've met couples that have been dating since secondary school and are living happily after marriage. I want to know if it's not right. How can this work? And secondly, what would be your advice to young people who are in love? How can you handle this without anyone being hurt? Do you just tell them to break up? <laughs> When young people say they are in love, what does that mean? They are in love, no. Eh? They are in lust. 
love, love. No, I'm asking, they lost. I see your flesh, I like your flesh, and so I want your flesh. What is, what is love? Love is a commitment that it does not matter what happens to you, I have you by my side. It is not what you feel when you hold somebody's of opposite hand. It's not that your body making anything. No. It's not that the, the woman is looking this way. Because that look can change. And it will change. First child, second child, that body aging, it will change. So what would that happen? You stop loving because the woman has aged. She has given you children, her body has changed. So you stop loving? So most of what these young people see as love is not more than infantuation. You just see things that appease to your senses and you love to have and you think you are committed. You, don't, you start in secondary school. The guy is unable to pass his work uh, by the time he's, well, he's doing, you're already graduating and he's still struggling. You just this, this lady is actually beneath my, my status now. And all that law will evaporate. Or you pass out, both of you actually graduate at the same time. She gets a job in Zenith or GT Bank, and you are still uh, doing accounting work, in, uh, getting a third of her salary. Then she thinks that, hey, this guy, you're not ambitious, and I, can, I don't think I can marry you. You're not going anywhere. Or he brings you to, to, to the parents and says, is it this thing you want to marry? This is beneath us in this family. And your whole perspective changes right away. And by, by, by the way, you have option one, option two, option three. No, that is not love. That is not love. That is just infantuation, which happens to young people. Okay? Thank you very much for your part. Hey, mommy. Yes, ma'am. Mommy. Mama. I want to say something about prayer. Before I know, I know Dr. Remy, I know Jite. And she said here, many people may not remember, that her mother was praying for her, the type of a girl she is, that she will marry a man that will accommodate her and cherish her and support her to make her fulfill her destiny. And she said her husband's mother was praying that this type of son I have that doesn't speak well, she must marry a, a, a woman that can speak, that can make them live together. This is what prayer can do. When they did not know prayer was backing them up, breathing them, bringing forth what will become what they are today. Praise the Lord. And if you pray and it doesn't work out well as you want, God will make it up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Mommy. I, I forgot that aspect. I actually brought, if I brought a, after my youth choir, I brought a girl home. And my mother looked at that girl. 
after like two hours, and she had left. She called me. You marry this guy, your children will be dumb and deaf. <laughs> you are not talking, and she still is not talking. <laughs> That was what she said. So thank you, Mom, for, for, for reminding us that. My mom actually prayed. I think her mom actually prayed. And God answered prayers. So start praying for your offsprings. They will fulfill destiny. They will fulfill the counsel of God for their life. They will be known in their generation. They will make a difference in their generation. And every marriage that is not working, the Lord will lay his hands on those marriage. And it begin to work in the name of our Lord Jesus. Can we go to... Uh, Holy Communion. Thank you, man. Please go ahead. <laughs> 